Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Thank you that you alone are God. You don't need any voting. You don't need the opinion of any man. Neither do you need the approval of any person to be God. For you are God by yourself. And by you all things have been created. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. May our lives be for thy pleasure. Lord, may our lives testify that indeed you are God. As you do great things and the miracles of our lives. May we be a wonder. May we be a surprise. Unto many that said we have no God. May you show yourself strong for your name's sake. I pray for every person that is under the sound of my voice this afternoon. That Lord, your mercy and your grace would abound in their lives and by your spirit and by the light that comes from heaven you will turn their lives around expose every work of darkness in their lives and cause them to walk in the light that they may have fellowship with you I pray for every need every provision that must be present in their life Lord supernaturally do it that they may know that you are God by yourself. Give them what they never ask you for. And open doors that they never knew existed. That they will know that you are God. And from heaven, everything is naked before you. Give us victory over the things that cause us to go wayward. Set us free from the hooks of the enemy in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. It's good to be in second service. I don't remember the last time I preached in second service. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you know me? You know me. Okay. Put it down. How many of you don't know me? This is the first time you are seeing me. Okay. No, no, just, I just want to say. Okay. Good. I normally don't allow them to do introduction because I feel it's a waste of time. Amen. I mean, as a servant of God, you are a servant of God, that's all. Amen. Well, this afternoon, is it still afternoon or is, it, is this still morning? It's afternoon. So can we use afternoon? I know you came in the morning, but let's use afternoon. Okay. I just want to share with you the word of God and as a church. I used to be here some years ago. 
but I'm no longer here. I now am in Randbeck and I pastor our church there, but I decided that this being the beginning of the year, I must say hello to you. Amen. The reason why I don't preach in second service is not I don't like you, no, but it's that I also will be in my church by now because my church starts at 11. Are you with me? The church that I pastor, we start at 11. So I come around in the morning service and then rush out to go to church. (laughs) What do I do here? Well, I do hear church in the first service, but the second service, I don't, I, I don't get a chance to be here because I love to be in my church. You get, I love to be in my church. So, oh, pray. You never know. You may see me more often. Yeah. Hallelujah. But I still love you, though I don't visit you very often. You know I love you. Amen. Amen. Well. 1 John chapter 5 is a verse that we will learn and learn it very well. You know, as somebody sitting by you, uh, I just need to make sure you are at the right address. I'll tell the person, uh, I need to make sure you are at the right address. Tell the person. Tell the person that this address is the address of the place where Jesus Christ is believed to be the Son of God. So if you don't believe that, you are the wrong address. But don't worry, by the time we finish, it will be the right address because you will believe. Hallelujah. Now, you see, That you are here means that there is something in you that wants God. Isn't it? That you are here means that there is something in you that has respect for God. Because people who have no respect for God don't waste their time at a place where God is talked about. Isn't it? So, I, unless you are, you are here for work, in other words, you have been sent to come and spy on us. Do you get it? I take it that you are here because you want to hear and you want to know God more. Amen. And therefore, I have a duty and a responsibility to just do that and nothing else. Amen. I know we are here wanting to know God or not necessarily wanting to know God but wanting something from God because some of us are here because we want something from God and we've been told that if you go to church everything will be all right. But I'm here to explain to you that if it is everything being all right you don't necessarily need to go to church. Are you with me? You don't necessarily need to go to church. Because 
If you go to church hoping that everything is all right, but the church doesn't give you what will make everything all right, what is the use? So if you want everything to be all right, then you must go to a church that would help you to receive what will make everything to be all right. Isn't it? I mean, you don't go to school because you just feel like having classmates. You go to school because you want to do a certain subject and be able to pass and get a qualification. At least, that's the beginning. But not all of us do get a qualification. As we go to school along the line, somehow we are pushed off the way. Some of us, you just meet a boy. I mean, you were doing fine and you were on course for everything to be all right until you met a boy. Did you get it? And the boy spot your dream. Some of you, it's a girl you meet. Why, why are you? Why are you? Is, is there anybody here you met somebody and everything about your life changed? For the worst, not for the good. Now, you see, don't lift your hand too high, just up to your ear. Do you get it? So that if anybody will ask you, you say, oh, no, I was just trying to wipe something off my ear. You know, by the grace of God, I, I, I qualified from school as a medical doctor in 1993. But when I was in what you would call grade one, I met a friend who almost spoiled my life. Not for the whole period, but for just one day. The boy, we were in the same class together, but it's like we were not friends moving out because as a child, you didn't have the freedom to go around too much. But in those days, they didn't take you to school. You went to school on your own. Or at least I came from a house where I went to school on my own. Now, my children, every morning, you have to take them. It doesn't matter when you slept. And it doesn't matter what you are doing. When they close, you have to go for them. I, said, I, tell, I told one of my children that I wish I had the same father as you. Yeah, that's all I could say to them. I wish your father was my father. Because the things you are enjoying, I would have enjoyed those things. But you see, one day I was late. And you know, in those days, when you are late, they beat you. Now, when they beat you, it's child abuse. In those days, it was not child abuse. It's called discipline. So, we waited for them to finish the assembly. They come together and class by class. Do they still do it? I don't think they do it in these modern schools, but in the schools where we come from, they still do it, where children will line up class by class. 
So when they finish and they are going to the class, then you sneak in. You enter. The school had no wall and no gate. So you just sneak in and join the queue. Sometimes the teacher will spot you. And then you think they have not spotted you. When you are seated in class, then they will call you and sort you out. I mean, it has happened to me a few times when I'm late and then I thought I had escaped. Then the teacher calls me and beats me, but I still keep trying. But this time around, this boy said, we shouldn't go and that they will beat us. And meanwhile, I've been beaten before and I know. But this time around, the boy said we shouldn't go. And so we started. In the morning, we started walking, roaming, going from place to place, and we ended up at a river in the, in the town. And they had opened the river to allow the water level to go low. So there were a lot of fishes in it. And so when the water went down, you could easily sometimes even catch some of the fish with your hands. So we were busy trying to, and I think, I don't know what happened. Later on, I even, he left me. Everybody is busy trying to do something. Then, before I realized, it was late in the night. But you see, in those days, everybody knew whose child is who. So somebody went to say that, they saw me at the river. When I came home, my grandmother and my aunties didn't ask me anything. It was a house, a big house. You see, it's like the typical Indian setting where your grandmother's sister is next door. Those type of, it's a family house. And everybody is everybody's caregiver. So when I came home, I went, nobody asked me anything, and then I went to the room, changed my clothes. Then there's an uncle who happened to be a military man. May he so rest in peace. You know, that man, he also did me a lot of good. He beat the foolishness out of me. From that day up to today, I've never missed school. Do you get it? But the point I am making is that sometimes you, you are set on a good course. I said you are set on a good course. Then you meet somebody by whose ideas, whose suggestions and everything, you, you go off completely. And a number of us, our lives are destroyed. Even in terms of the earthly life, the natural life. We don't have a certificate today. We don't have a, or we, don't, we didn't even get the course we, we, we actually qualified to do. According to your intelligence, the course you were supposed to do, you didn't do it because of that person you met. Because they introduced you to something else. Hallelujah. So what I'm talking about is that a lot of us start off well 
And many of us are in church today because it's the early Sundays of the year. <laughs> you thought I was confused. I'm landing, I'm coming. But you see, you are going to meet people or people are going to come into your life that will make you stop coming to church regularly and increasing in doing spiritual activities. I'm here to explain to you that if you came here for God's help, I promise you God will help you. But I must be quick to add that it's not a fast food restaurant. Point number one. You are not at a fast food restaurant where you are expecting somebody to just say one thing and that is it, everything will be fine. It doesn't work like that. Because, because the works of Satan in your life is not one big work. It's a series of small works. And it will take a series of small changes to unseat him in your life. And I promise you that God has the power to do what needs to be done in your life. For it to be what God wants it to be. Amen. That one I can tell you. God has the power to cause you to think in a way That makes you excel at everything that is put before you. God has the power to make you see evil when there's nothing obvious about it. It needs your attention. I said it needs your attention. You see, today, when I see a person who is sick, Without even touching the person, I can have a good idea what the problem may be. But it never came overnight. I studied for six years and worked for almost about 15 years to get to that stage where you can see a person and have an idea what may be wrong, depending on what they show outside. Why am I saying what I'm saying to you? I'm saying this to disabuse your mind that God is some quick fix company or I mean God that you just go to church the first few months first few weeks of the year and everything will be alright. Get that thing out of your mind. You can't make a fool of God. Hallelujah. You cannot make a fool of God. You need to get it right. He has what you need. And he has far more than what you need. But there is a price to pay for it. And if you are going to walk in the victory where you defeat Satan's works in your life, make up your mind that as for this year, I will pay the price. I said, make up your mind that as for this year, I will pay the price. And no matter what is cost or what is going to cost me, I am willing to pay the price. So help me God. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Good. First scripture. The Bible tells us that whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Please, in English. You see, every child of God defeats this evil world. Every child of God. Are you here with me? If you are waiting for me to preach, I started when I took the mic. Are you with me? And I'm almost in the middle of it. Every child of God defeats this evil world. Therefore, if you need or you want to defeat this evil world, what must you do? Come again? Be a child of God. Be a child of God. Because the Bible says that every, not some children, not some children, every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this through our faith. In other words, through what we believe. Through what we believe. And he goes on to explain who is a child of God. Give us the King James so that we know what it's saying. Then we can explain it in English. He said, who is he that overcomes the world? Is he not a child of God? The Bible says, whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And then he goes on to ask the question, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, to be a child of God, you must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. To be a child of God does not mean, does not mean you must be born to a parent who believes in God. It means you must believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Are you getting it right? It doesn't mean you must write your name in a church. It doesn't mean that somebody must baptize you and give you a baptismal certificate. It doesn't mean somebody must give you a Christian name. Giving you a Christian name does not defeat Satan. Excuse me to say. Are you here with me? I don't feel they are here with me. I don't feel you. I don't feel you. It feels like I'm saying something that is off. Preach. As a person sitting by you, are you a child of God? And, and demand an answer. As a person, what is your evidence? No, you see, sometimes you take things for a for joke. But there's nothing joke about what I'm asking. I mean, what I'm asking is very important. You see, we always assume that everybody is a child of God. But you'll be surprised to know how many of us, in the eyes of God, is not, we are not children of God. 
of us are born in a Christian home and going to church, we are forced to go to church whether we like it or want it. And after a while, we are used to it. So we have grown up with the habit of going to church. But that doesn't make you a child of God. Because even demons go to church. Of course, for a different reason. Demons go to church, in case you don't know. As we are here now, there are demons that have come here. But in the name of Jesus, we cast them out. Because some of them have come to disturb you. When I'm speaking and I'm saying what you need to hear, that is when they will make your phone ring. Or that is when they will tell you, check your phone. Or that is when they will tell you, get up and go and do something. But every demon that is here to distract your attention, in the name of Jesus, I command you, demon, to cease from your activity in the midst of the congregation. You must hear what God has prepared for you. Amen. So the first thing is to believe that Jesus is the son of God. Hallelujah. You must believe it. Number two, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, are you with me? The evidence of it must reflect in your obedience to Jesus. So you see, your task that is set before you this year to defeat Satan and all his agents against the beautiful life God has prepared for you is to make sure that there is increasing obedience to Jesus. Not to your pastor. If your pastor is saying what Jesus is saying, then I say, obey it because that is what Jesus said. Not because your pastor said it. If I say anything that is not in the Bible, don't do it. Don't do it. If, it's, if you can't find it in the Bible, don't do it. And even if the Pope or whoever he may be says something that is not what Jesus says, don't do it. Because to believe that Jesus is the son of God, the evidence of it is your obedience to him. Because somebody who is the son of God and who has overcome Satan, if you want to overcome Satan, then you have to believe what he says and do what he says. Because who knows how to defeat Satan other than the one who has defeated him? And the Bible tells us in John 16 when he said, in this world you shall have tribulations. But he said, be of good cheer. In other words, be happy. Be excited. Because whatever will want to fight you, I have already overcome it. You can't find it. I think it's John 16. Say, be of, he said, in this world, 
you shall have tribulation. In other words, in this world, you are going to come under all sorts of attacks. Speaking to the disciples, Satan would make so many attempts to frustrate you. But don't let any frustration cause you to be afraid. Don't let any frustration cause you to be depressed. Don't let any work of Satan or attempt of Satan cause you to be unhappy for one day. Be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome. In other words, the, the force or the, the demon that will want to steal from you what I have planned for your life is already defeated. Amen. Amen. And that is the reason why if you are going to see victory unto victory, in other words, if you are going to begin to live the life that is due to somebody who is a child of God. Are you with me? The life that is due to somebody who is a child of God. If you are going to see it, then your number one agenda is to aim to obey everything that Jesus said. That is, if you didn't hear anything, this should be your goal for this year. You must fight. You must pray to obey. Many of us, we go to church. We give offering. We do many things, thinking that those things would give us God's favor. But I'm here to tell you that whatever you need the favor for has already been defeated by God through Jesus Christ. All you need to do is to just obey Jesus, what he says. And you would walk in every victory that Jesus obtained. You will walk in good health. You will walk in peaceful life. You will walk in abundance of all good things. You see, many of us, the, the lack that we have is because of mismanagement. How many of you are working here? You are working. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Yeah. But you still don't have enough, isn't it? I'm here to tell you that it's because of mismanagement. You see, recently, one of my people, one of the church leaders in this church called me or sent me a message. And that is that she is getting depressed. Reason. Her car has had an accident and the insurance needs her to pay twice the excess, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's all money issues. And I was praying, Lord, have mercy. Then the Lord showed me that you must teach them to obey me. You must teach them to obey me. Now, I said, ah, God, why? The person needs money. Why don't you, if you, if you don't give them the money, then why don't you stop the accident? 
if you don't want to give them, just stop the accident. What is obeying here? Then I realized that. I realized that. You see, we get ourselves into difficulty by one disobedient or disobedience unto the other. Most of us, we start off almost with nothing. But as soon as we start receiving money, we keep increasing our appetite. Because you have money, all of a sudden, you have turned up your appetite. In the process, you disobey. Because most of us somehow believe that we cannot live this life without debts. We cannot live this life without debts. So we borrow a car, we borrow a house, we borrow clothes, we borrow furniture, we borrow fridge, uh, and, and we even borrow food. Now, listen to me. Listen to me carefully. The Bible says, Owe no man anything. Owe no man anything. So, you see, the reason why Satan is having inroads in your life is because you have disobeyed something small and his ability to influence your life will begin to change when you start to obey something small listen there is a place in Africa here on earth not Africa there in heaven but Africa here on earth where people don't borrow cars. And people don't borrow houses. And people don't borrow television and furniture. They make do and borrow clothes. They make do with what they have. So instead of, you see, instead of saying, how is it possible? Ask God, help me to obey. Because the same you, until you got a job, they will not allow you to borrow. If borrowing is essential to live, I don't know why I'm talking about this. No, this is not what I came to talk about. But anyway, it's also a message. So I'm showing you how you are going to accomplish victory. By just deciding to obey the small thing that you have disobeyed. To just decide, I'm going to obey it. 
Because what happens is that when your life is borrowing all around, the smallest shift is enough to cause confusion. So you've had an accident that you should have died and which God has saved you from. Now, instead of giving God the praise for saving you from death, because that accident, if you were told what it was meant to do, it was meant to kill you. It was not meant to dent your car. Satan doesn't want your car. He wants you. Because the Bible says he was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer. Satan wants your life here on earth to be short. So it's you he wants. But God didn't allow it, so he got the car. But because you have disobeyed so much, the car accident has now disorganized your finances. And all of a sudden, it has become a cause of depression. So the depression you are in, it's not because God is not caring, but it's because of one small disobedience unto the other. Because you say, but how can I go to work? The question I want to ask you, those who go to work in the taxis, do all of them have cars? The mother who gave birth to you, who has looked after you to the point that you have grown and you are working, did they borrow to buy a car? Most of our mothers and our fathers, no. They went in a taxi. But you see, that disobedience... That I can borrow. Ah, don't, the Bible is not real. It's time, you see, I'm, I'll, I'll show you a few verses. If you believe that Jesus is the son of God, then you must also believe that he knows more than you and therefore whatever he says must be obeyed. Because, but you see, and you discover that your ability to disobey this small thing is coming from your ability to disobey, be humble. So it's, it's, it's one small thing after the other. Because if you were humble, if you were humble, I said if you were humble, all you say is, my money is not enough to buy a car. So the person who sits in a taxi to work, I'm no different from that person. You say, hey, but Pastor, you see, you don't understand. The place where I work is very far, and it will take me a long time to sit in a taxi to go to work. Thank you. It will take you a long time to sit in a taxi to go to work. That time that you sit in a taxi to work, it's a time for you to listen to preaching. Or to read something small. So it's not like it's a time that is wasted that you can't do anything with it. Because you in particular, you can't sit still. So actually being in a taxi for a long time is an opportunity to keep you in one place for a while. Because if you are not in a taxi for one hour, and one hour you have to sit in the house. You'll be checking the television channel. You are going to check who is in the garage and who has. You can't sit down. So, in fact, actually.
actually being in a taxi is a way of getting you to read some small things about God. Or even to read some small things to educate, to, to, to even understand the world in which you are. But you see, what happens to most of us is that we disobey one small thing after the other. One small, we don't disobey big, very small, very small. So you find a lot of us, oh no man, anything, yet we are into borrow, we, we borrow for everything. Some of us start borrowing before we have even gotten a job. Once we have a student and we have a potential. And you see, the world that you must overcome knows how to get you to be in bondage. In slavery of working and seeing nothing in your hands. But from today, this year is a year where you are going to obey every word of God. Yeah. Because it's one small thing that leads to the other. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what, what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what concord hath Christ with Belial? I think 1 Corinthians 6, 20-something, or 13, one of, one of those things. There are two verses. There's one in, yeah, 1 Corinthians something. Just look for it for me. It said, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. That, and meanwhile, that is exactly what you are doing. All your friends have nothing God about them. All your friends. The peop- I'm not talking about all the people you know. All the people that you spend time with. Your, uh, what is the WhatsApp thing? Uh, is it MC? FC. Those of you who use WhatsApp. Your frequently contacted people. WhatsApp has a summary of who you talk to a lot. All of them, throughout the whole year, the people that show on top of your list are pure, not, not partial, pure unbelievers. Meanwhile, the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Look, this year we are going to start to obey. Ah, but pastor, if I don't talk to them, how would they know Jesus? Let's start. Talking to somebody is not the same as having fellowship with a person. You see, having fellowship talks about a close relationship of exchange. Not just talking. That the person is your most frequently contacted on WhatsApp and you are on WhatsApp all the time. Means that these people are constantly speaking to you. And what are they speaking about? That will help your faith. I said, what? Because if it is your faith that overcomes the world, then people who help your faith, either by exercise, helping you to exercise it, or helping it to grow and stronger, are people that are helping you to overcome the world. 
Look, don't mind anybody that. Let me put it this way. You see, if you have a pastor or a minister of the gospel that has a heavy anointing, evidence with miracles and signs, but they don't teach you to obey Jesus Christ, they are not helping you. That, that's all I can say to you. You see, the miracles, they will set you free for a moment and they will confirm to you that God has power, if it is from God. The reason is for you to believe God and decide to live your life according to the ways of God. Are you with me? Yeah. The, the, the essence of the miracle is to prove to you that God has power and therefore he's worth believing. So a miracle working man that does not emphasize your believing the word of God and living it out is not helping you. It's almost, and that is what the Western world has done to Africa. You see, they have given you a once of help in the area of money without showing you how to generate money is no help. If I give you one million today, but I don't teach you how to generate one million, the one million in your hands will finish. And it will leave you worse off than when it came. The reason, let me explain to you. The reason why it will leave you worse off is that when you have the one million, it will change your taste. You see, now you do Mr. Price. And, and uh, Mr. Price home for your beddings, isn't it? And then you do uh, ShopRite for groceries. You get it? But when you get one million, it's not difficult at all to change from ShopRite to Woolworth. And to change from Mr. Price home to Bodman's and all those places and to change from uh, Mr. Price to, to uh, this, I mean, proper polo, prinkle, and uh, I mean, you change from Chinatown or uh, Oriental Plaza, you, you change to, to Santon. Do you get it? Because one million is a lot. So you see, by the time the one million is finished, your taste has changed. So all of a sudden, what was okay before the one million, now is no longer okay. So giving you one million without teaching you how to make one million, it's not worth it. Unless you are a person of the moment. Yeah. So in the same way, you see, doing a great miracle in your life without teaching you how to maintain the miracles. 
through obedience to the word is not worth it. And so I'm here telling you that, you see, this one is very small. Oh. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. In other words, don't have, please, we want to ring English. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? And how can light live with darkness? It's a very simple instruction. I mean, let's face it. What is difficult about this instruction? I'm asking you a question. You see, obeying this instruction is easier than don't eat. In my opinion. I mean, if you tell me don't eat, yo, after about two days, I'll be having, my body will, will be, there will be real riot, riot. The stomach will be shouting, the head will be pouncing, I'll be feeling, the eyes will start feeling dizzy, and I'll, the body will say, I won't go anywhere. Are you with me? Yeah. It's more difficult to obey, don't eat. In other words, to obey fast than to say don't team up with those who are unbelievers. The reason why you would do what is easy. In other words, the reason why you would ignore this simple instruction is because you don't believe. You don't believe. That's all. Yeah. But if you thought I'm coming to talk... I'll talk about fornication and other things, but I'm just... Because this is where they start from. Of course, if all your friends are always talking about sex and all those things, look, your body has appetite for it, and God is the one who created it. The more you talk about it, the more you want it. So if you... You see, I'm showing you what will give you the victory. And you see, these people have come to take you away from your blessing. Like that friend of mine wanted to take me away from my blessing. Because one of the, you see, I come from a very poor background. In other words, it is the presence of lack that will make a parent leave their six-year-old or seven-year-old child to go to school alone. It's when you don't have money. Yeah. It's when you don't have. The people who have money, even if they can't take the child to school, a driver takes the child to school. And even if they don't have a car or it's just near, they make a a, a maid walk the child to school. It's when you don't have money that you let your six-year-old, seven-year-old child to walk alone to school. So, I'm explaining to you that I come from a very poor background. But just by simple education of becoming a doctor, I am able to afford what I want. And I'm able to do for my children what a parent is supposed to do for their children. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't live an ostens- like a very big life because the scriptures are there to obey. So at least I have to do basic things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good. But it's just a simple change. And the Bible is telling us small things. Small things. Oh, no man, anything. Don't team up with people who don't believe the Bible. And who don't, they don't care what the Bible says. Don't team up with them. Don't team up with them. That is all I'm saying today. And that's all God is saying to somebody here today. Who is your friend? Do a, do a, a overhaul. As I do a shake up. I'm not saying team up with perfect people. You see, the person who believes the Bible and believes the word of God may not do everything right. But at least at the time you are doing something wrong, they will be able to tell you that what you are doing is wrong. They will not tell you well done when they should be rebuking you and telling what you are doing is wrong. I know I'm not perfect. And you should also stop it when your friend tells you that what you are doing is wrong by accusing them that, but are you always right? That they are telling you what you are doing is wrong does not mean they are always right. And stop saying that, are you always right? Listen to what they are saying. Are you here with me? A friend who will not tell you what you are doing is wrong is not a friend, it's an enemy. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. That's all. Are you a believer? Who is a believer? Somebody, the people we call believers are those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then you must believe whatever he says. And stop rooting your Christianity in church and in in who is your pastor and which type of Bible you use and what type of songs you sing. The key test is, do I believe what Jesus says? The evidence of my belief is my effort to do it. The evidence of my belief is my decision to do what Jesus says we should do. That is what will make you have victory over the satanic works that is aimed at frustrating your life. That is aimed at making you feel like you are a useless person. That is aimed at making you feel that you are good for nothing. How can a child of God be good for nothing? How? I said, how can a child of God be good for nothing? It's not possible. I said, it's not possible. It's not possible. If a child of a president would command respect, how much more a child of God? The one who created everything. If he's your father, the evidence must be there in your life. And you can get that evidence by obeying. 
You see, you have to believe to obey. And I'm saying that we are going to obey the little, little things. You see, by the time we finish obeying the little, little things, the big things will be easy to obey. Because Satan's work in your life is a complex link of simple disobedience to the word of God. The presence of the stronghold, the satanic works in your life, is the small disobedience that has linked to another small disobedience that, has, that is lying on top of another small disobedience. Yeah. And to, un, to, to undo it, we need to start obeying the small, small things that is in the word. Hallelujah. If God says, forgive, I say, if God says forgive, you need to believe that it is better to forgive than to bear a grudge. If God says love, you must believe that it is better to love than to hate. If God says be merciful, you must believe that it is better to be merciful than to seek revenge. Whatever God says, you must believe that it is better to do it than not to do it. That is what makes you a believer. I said, that is what makes you a believer. And I can tell you one thing. If this will be the story of your life, you will march from victory unto victory unto victory. Your life will be littered with many battles that you have won. I said, your life will be surrounded by trophies. Your marriage, your relationship with your superiors at work, your relationship with your subordinates at work. Look, you will find out that everybody is happy with you. They are happy with you because God himself will be happy with you. May you be a true believer. And you see, it's not going to come easily. You have to spend time in prayer and you have to spend time in the word. If I happen to be here next week, I'll continue. Let's rise to our feet. I have to obey. Tell somebody sitting by you, I have to obey. I don't have an option. I don't have an option. I have to obey. I have to hear. But hearing is not enough. I must obey. I must obey. Because hearing and not obeying is as good as not hearing. It makes no difference. I have to obey. Tell somebody standing by this year, my prayer and my effort is aimed at obeying the small, small things that Jesus says I must do. The small, small things in the word of God, I'm going to carry them out. It may hurt, but I'll do it. I am determined to do it. I say, I'm determined to do it. And I tell you, you will see victory unto victory. Some of you, the things that are blocking the blessings of God in your life are very small things. Very small things. Their presence is like a smell that drives away 
the good things that must come into your life and you see because they look small it's easy to overlook I said because they look small it's so I've come to realize that one of the things that helps deception is the size of the thing Ah, this is, this is a minor problem. Ah, this is not anything. Ah, everybody has it. But I can tell you, a life-threatening illness that can kill you within hours may start as a simple headache. And because headache is so common, most people Oh, I just took some Panadol. I just took some Panadol. But meanwhile, this particular headache, though it's one of the many headaches, this particular one is a killer one. But because you trivialized it, you didn't look next to find out what else is there. Because you discover that this headache is different because it's coming with neck pain. And that is a telltale sign of something serious. But you see, because it's, you start, oh, he just has a headache. Take Panadol. Something small. Because it's small. Because it's common. You don't take your time to look at it. You don't check carefully to find out the small friends that you, you have who are unbelievers that are always in touch with you and constantly you are the, they are the ones you share your difficult decisions with. They look to be many but they are the ones that lead you on because you may, it will surprise you to know that their voice is empowered by Satan so that when they speak it convinces you to go ahead and do it but you will change them in Jesus name I said if you are a Christian if you are a believer that Jesus is the son of God you must decide that I am going to do overhaul in who talks to me most and who do I listen to? And who do I discuss things with? Lift up your voice and pray about it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When we walk with Very gently. No much of drums. In the light of this world. Just softly. Very softly. On our way while we do Thank you, Holy his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey for this.
Spoken to your mind the word of God, but pray to God that your spirit, man is made up of a body, a soul, and a spirit. Pray to God that this message, that your soul, which is your mind, which includes your mind, has head, will be head not in that place only, but in your spirit. When a word is spoken to you and you hear it in your spirit, it changes you and turns many things around. When you hear it in your mind, it's but for a moment. Sooner than later, it goes off. Most of you are going to forget what I've said today. Even what I said at the beginning, you have forgotten already. But your spirit never forgets. So I wanted to pray to God that by his spirit and by his power, he would cause your spirit to hear his word for you today. Lift up your voice and pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let our spirit be the hearer of this word. Not our minds, not our soul, but our spirit. Our spirit. It will change something in you. It will take you higher.
touch lives, speak to them. Let them never be the same. Let us be changed. Let us be transformed. Holy Spirit, you alone can be do what you alone do best. Oh yes. Yes, I pray. I pray for the hearts. That your word will find a place in their hearts. Not in their minds, but in their hearts. For it shall bear Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your love that have guided us today in the name of Jesus Christ. And thank you for your word that is spoken. Thank you that by your spirit, you have communed with our spirit, this wonderful seed of your word. Our lives will never be the same because of what is planted in our spirits today. It will bring a great change. It will bring a wonderful change. Thank you that by this revelation, we undo the works of Satan in our lives. And we begin to undo the works of Satan in other people's lives as we walk in victory unto victory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, every head bowed and every eye closed, you want to say to me, Pastor, you know I've been going to church, but I've not clearly said that I believe in Jesus Christ as a son of God. Therefore, I have not been born again or born of God. Today is a decision I want to take. I want to start a fresh life with God through Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up. I lift it up. I want to pray with you. Thank you for the lifted hands. I know that there are many people that you must be prayed for. In 1986, I was prayed for. And my life has never been the same. Before 1986, I was going to church, but I never took the step. It looked to me like a joke in those days. But 32 years down the line, I realized that what looks so simple and what looks so insignificant is what has brought a great change in my life. A total transformation. Today, I know what is good and I know what is evil. And when I do wrong, I know my spirit speaks to me. It is real. It is real. You must believe in Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God offers you the rebirth of your spirit and a completely new life. As the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. That is what it means to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You become born again in your spirit and everything starts afresh. Where God becomes the center and the manager of your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. 
you want to say pastor please do me this favor pray with me I want to declare that Jesus Christ is the son of God lift up your right hand wherever you are thank you Holy Spirit lift it up high lift it up high father look at the hands that are lifted up it is not to man but it is to you who is God and it is to you who makes all things beautiful and it is you who makes all things possible that these hands are lifted up they represent the voice of a heart that says I believe in Jesus Christ as your son thank you Lord that their lives will be a, bear a testimony of this truth in the name of Jesus you lifted up your hands I want you to step out and come I want to pray with you thank you Holy Spirit come come To the point that you question yourself whether you are still a Christian and you have doubts about it but you want to say pastor pray with me I want a fresh start with God I am a Christian but I'm asking for a fresh start a new beginning with God come to my left side I want to pray with you very quickly you are already born again but you are asking for God to give you a fresh start because of where you were what you did and all those things it has made you not believe in the fact that you are born again and you are saying pastor i think i need a new start please come i want to pray with you i just felt in my space some people here must be prayed for like that come quickly come quickly i need your attention come 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 quickly don't don't delay me. come thank you Holy Spirit. to be happy lord give them a fresh start Give them a fresh start, I pray. Come. Father, a fresh start. Receive that conviction in your spirit. That makes you start afresh with confidence. Trust in and know it. That with God, all things are possible. Whatever has defeated you shall no longer defeat you. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Thank you. You shall walk strong. You would overcome. You would overcome. You would overcome. Whatever overcame you, light has come into your life. You Thank you, Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your conviction. Thank you for the reassurance in this life. Let us pray all together. Those of you standing here, let's pray together. Father, these ones stand today to give you their hearts. 
as they declare Jesus Christ as your son who came to die for them. You confirmed your word with signs and wonders. Let the truth of this confession be confirmed with signs and wonders in this life, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for my salvation. I stand before you as a sinner. But I know with you is the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, in confidence, I come to you just as I am. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son. He came on earth. He died and rose again. Seated at your right hand. By this prayer, I receive you, Jesus, into my heart as my Savior and as my Lord. Thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus that has washed me clean of every sin and the guilt of every sin. I confess that I am free and I stand before you as a new creation. I will walk in this truth all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me just as I am. Amen. Good. I wanted to go with our pastor. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on loyaltyhousesouthafrica.org.